hand. You got out of bed this morning. Come on. You deserve a round of applause. Yeah. We celebrate that. You know, this last week we had one of our dream team members uh, that works at a junior high school, a uh, local youth camp. Um, she, uh, she texted my wife and said, hey, can you hear out Pastor Adam? Um, I'm doing the announcement for school, and I want to see if you got out of bed this morning to even come with me. And so I told her, I said, yes, yes, yes. Teach those kids to celebrate, and they'll have the best day of their lives. And so... So, so she did that. I, I, I wanted to follow up with her this morning to see how it went. I, I have not, but um, I'm sure it went great because when you celebrate, then these things are so good. And that just reminds me, anything that I say, anytime, you're welcome to steal it. Like, you don't have to have my permission. Steal it from me because I stole it from somebody else, right? So, so steal it from me. I promise you, uh, you you're welcome to, to use it. Um, my name is Pastor Adam Harold. If you're new here, you, or this is your first time, or uh, maybe you've just been coming for a little while, you don't know who I am. Uh, I just want to introduce myself. I, I lead this church with my beautiful wife, Tanya. We are a team. I can't do it without her. And uh, she is on the keyboard. And uh, it's just it's just so, so much fun to see what God does because uh, he shows up all the time. Find freedom because look, you're the only person. 
So um, another avenue for that is we have what we call a free market philosophy for small business, meaning that anyone can start a group as long as you don't join a small distribution group. And you can start a group on, on the book of Romans and do a Bible study, or you can start a, a, a small group on couples game night, like my wife and I did this last semester. So like, it doesn't always have to be a Bible study. It can be an interest that you just that you just have with each other. And so, the amazing thing about dreaming again and small groups and a free market philosophy is that the free market philosophy of small groups gives you an avenue to chase your dreams. For example, if someone in this room were to say, uh, you know, I have the dream of starting a bakery sometime. I'm just throwing this out there. I have the dream of starting a bakery sometime. Okay, so you know what? Why don't you pray and think about starting a small group that is geared towards your vision? And then you get people together and you start to share recipes and techniques. There's techniques to code, techniques to purpose. Like, there, like you can share things and you can grow together in baking things and go, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. And it helps you eliminate the fear of doing I read a story one time about a girl that started a small group in Washington, D.C. for it was a, at National Community Church. Pastor Mark Batterson tells it in, in one of his books, one of his 50 books that he's written, something like that. And and he tells the story about this girl that started an urban agricultural culture group um, in Washington, D.C. And he remembers thinking, you're crazy. Who's going to want to go to an urban agriculture group? But we'll let you do it because we believe in, in allowing people to, 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 to start groups. And so they did it. Long story short, she now serves in Africa as a missionary teaching the African nationals how to grow agriculture to feed themselves. And and that's where God took her dream. You never know where God's going to take your dream in the context of small groups. So that's one reason why I'm a big believer in it. I believe in small groups and doing it again, community with each other. And community, this is great. This is great on Sunday morning, but this is a this is a, a public circle. This is a big circle. And life change happens when you get into smaller circles. We need smaller circles, and so we lean closer to the people. That's what we get small groups for. And then the last announcement that I want to uh, make is um, the next thing. Go ahead. It's up there every week, Adam. Every week, same spot. I want to tell you about trunk or treat. So, uh, trunk or treat, we're gonna do during the hours of trick or treating at the high school. The school has been so incredible to, to partner with us and to allow us to use their parking lot. I am dreaming of 50 cars, 50 cars lined up, decorated for Halloween. Not We don't want to do anything spooky, but we want to do something creative. And we want to, um, we're going to give away a prize to the best car that is decorated for, for, uh, for trunk or treat. And we want to give, listen to this, we want to give the mother load of candy. Like, we want kids to be like, I want to go 
to that high school for trunk or treat because we're going to get the mother load of candy. Like, picture when you were a kid going trick-or-treating. Um, and by the way, like, the world and, and, and some people want to write off Halloween as the devil's holiday and things like that. Like, the devil gets enough credit. Let's take it back from, from him. Give the kids something safe and fun to do. And so, because they're going to go trick-or-treating anyway, right? So we might as well do it here. And so, um, like, I remember growing up, going, wanting to go to uh, the houses that you heard gave away full-size candy bars, right? Like, everyone wants the full-size candy bar. Or the can of soda. Like, like you're going to, like, who, like, seriously. And so, so like, you, we want the mother load. So um, we're going to give away so much candy that night. We, uh, we're expecting. Turn with me in the book of Proverbs chapter 29. This is where we were at last week. Um, we talked about how when we're kids, uh, we have a tendency to, to have dreams. I dreamed of being a professional baseball player until I realized that I wasn't any good at baseball. You know, and so, so like, there's something along the way that happens that causes us to stop dreaming. I want you to know it doesn't matter how old you are this morning. It doesn't matter how how young you are this morning, you you can dream again. You have the ability to dream again. And God gives us the permission to dream again. Look at Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. I'm calling this message um, out of water. And if I do my job well, which is debatable on if I'll do that or not, but if I do my job well, then by the end of the message, you'll understand exactly what it means by being out of water. Some of you are here this morning because you feel like you're out of water. Um, our big idea for today is this, and we'll, we'll start to put the pieces together. Our big idea is that sometimes when we're chasing our dreams, what seems like a setback, God uses for a setup. Sometimes when chasing our dreams, what, in, what looks like a setback, God intends for a setup. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 16. You can follow along in the Universal Bible app as well. Um, it's on the screen uh, right behind me. You can find out how to find that app. 
can't see what God is doing. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you came this morning to allow me to help you see something. It's not anything that I say, it's what God says through me to speak to you, to help you see. We want to help people see. They stumble all over themselves. They can't see, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are more God. Hopefully this morning, we can look at what God is saying, what God is revealing, and we can be blessed. That's our goal. If, if we're only doing this on Sundays, though, if we're only paying attention to what God reveals to us on Sundays, we're in trouble. We need to do this Monday through Friday. It, we want to encourage, and we want to help people see all week. It's not just on Sundays. We're not, like, like, we want seeing what God is doing, what God is revealing, what God is speaking and saying. We want this to become a lifestyle. It's not a Sunday style. It's a lifestyle. We're not weekend warriors at Threatening. We are, that's, this is why we do small groups, so that we can do it together, so that we can encourage it throughout the entire week. It's about our relationship with Jesus being a lifestyle. Later on in Acts chapter 2, in, in the NIV translation, you can turn to it in your Bibles if you want, or you can follow along on the screen. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I believe we are living in the last days. We're getting closer and closer and closer, and Lord Jesus comes quickly. All you have to do is look at the news, look at, look at what's going on, and you can see that, that, that the last days are among us. But what does it say happens in the last days? I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, prophet, prophecies, visions, and dreams. What is God saying? He's saying in... The last days, I'm going to show people pictures of things that have not happened yet. I'm going to show people pictures of things that have not happened yet. If you're going to see things that, um, that are from God that haven't happened yet, you have to do two things. You have to have your ears open to hear, and you have to have your eyes open to see. You have to be alert. So this morning, I want us to see that, that vision and hearing are two extremely important things in, our, in the days in which we live. The last days should not scare us, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, if the last days scare you, I would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. Because I'm not, I'm not afraid at all the last days, because I know that God is in control, and that He is coming back, and He has a plan, and I'm a part of that plan. So if you're afraid of the last days, let's talk, and let's get you there. 
God wants to communicate with us. He wants us to hear from him. He wants us to seek him. And what this verse is telling us is that that God will reveal things by, by us hearing and us seeing. So, um, so this morning, I hope to give you some tools to help you hear and to help you see. Um, I've, got, I've got five of them that we're going to look at real quickly. And then, and I, and I want to start, um, I've got, essentially I've got two messages here, which is kind of my struggle. But, but the first one, I want to talk about some practical ways that we can hear and see from God. The second one that I want to look at is I want to inspire you to hear from God. All right? That's, 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 that's the goal for today. In the Old Testament, there were these men throughout it. Um, they were called prophets. Samuel was a prophet. Elisha was a prophet. Elijah was a prophet. Elisha and Elijah is really confusing. I get it. But they're both in the same thing. Um, Jeremiah and Isaiah, they're all prophets. And so um, what prophets would do is they would speak on God's behalf. And God would give them visions and, and speak to them. They would hear and see on God's behalf. So in the Old Testament, they were known as seers. Like, like they were seers. And like that's what they called them. And not in English, because they didn't speak English. Um, but in, in Hebrew, they would call them seers. And there was this seer by the name of Habakkuk. He, he wrote a book toward the end of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the book of scripture, the, the, the group of books that were written before Jesus was, was alive. That's what the Old Testament is. The New Testament are the books that contain the life of Jesus and thereafter. I, I don't know if, if I, I never want to assume that everyone knows the Bible, right? I want, I want to hopefully explain it for you. And so, so in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk, that's fun to say. Habakkuk. Um, Habakkuk is a seer, a prophet, that is communicating to God. And what he's saying is he's saying, God, I can't believe what I'm seeing. In fact, I'm mad. I watched the news and I'm mad. He didn't really watch the news. But he was watching what's going on and he's, and he's complaining to God. And he's saying, God, I'm, I'm upset. So in Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5, God, we see God's response to this. And it says, look, in verse 5, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God will right here, right now, he would say, look to the news, Refuge Church, and be utterly amazed. Look at what's going on and be amazed because why? I'm going to do, be amazed about what I'm about to do. Some of you are here this morning and you look at your own personal life, forget the news, you look at your own life and you're, you're sitting here and you're like, man, what am I going to do? And God's saying, be utterly amazed. Here we go. I'm going to do something in your days and you would not believe even if I had told you. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, God is not 
not nervous about what is going on in Habakkuk's day. And he hasn't changed. He's not nervous about what goes on today. Raising up the Babylonians, the Babylonians. He's saying, Habakkuk, those people that you're complaining about, they don't do what they do without my permission. I'm allowing them to do it. I'm allowing it. So why in the world would God allow these god-awful things to happen? He goes on, and I love it, because he just goes on and he just he just says all the all the awful, terrible things that the Babylonians are doing. He says that ruthless and impetuous people. He's like, I know Habakkuk. They're they're ruthless. I get it. Who sweep across the whole earth to see its dwellings on their own? They are feared and dreaded the dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own horrors. Their horses are swifter and leopards than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping and flying. He's telling Habakkuk, these people are great. Like, they've got some ability that you don't. That's how good they are. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not really encouraging. Right? God's saying, yeah, I... Part of my plan. Refuge Church, I want you to know this morning that God has a plan and we are it. God has a plan and we are it. We're a part of it. And that shouldn't scare us, it should energize us. Because He will do the work in us and through us and empower us to do infinitely more than we could ever dream of. And the same power that rose Jesus from the dead is in here. The same power. So verse 2. Or chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Habakkuk says, all right, God, I'm a part of this plan. This is what I need. And the, and the good news translation that says this, I'm going to find my watch tower. God, if I'm, if I'm a part of it, I'm going to go to a place. I'm going to get alone. I'm going to go to a place. And I'm going to, listen, I'm going to pay attention. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you came into this place this morning, I hope, to pay attention to what God has for you. And on my watch tower, I will wait to see what the Lord will tell me. Now, why in the world would would Habakkuk say, I will see what you tell me? He didn't say, I will listen for what you tell me. He says, I will see for what you tell me. And we're going to, I want to highlight.
Verse 2, the Lord gave me this answer. So now the Lord is talking back to Habakkuk. He says, write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you so that it can be uh, read at a glance. So this morning, ladies and gentlemen, there's five, five words that are in this whole passage of Scripture that can help you when you desperately need to hear from God. I hope that you came in this morning wanting to hear from God. These five words will help you. If, if, and if maybe you didn't come into this space looking to hear from God, but maybe you go on throughout your life and you're like, man, you know what? I would, just, I would love if God started to talk to me. I would love if God started to talk to me. And so, um, write these five words down. Number one. Habakkuk withdrew. He said, I'm going to go to my watchtower where I can pay attention to what you have to say to me. Withdrawing in our lives, ladies and gentlemen, is healthy. We have got to get back to a place where we are willing to withdraw. We are willing to get alone with God and to listen to Him. When you change the environment in which you are in, you see things differently. When you change the environment that you are in, you see things differently. You get a better vision. You get a different vision. You you see things better. Every morning I get up before my family, no matter how early they have to get up, I always get up early from then, before they do, for the purpose of this. I, I, I know that, that my family, I, I love my family, but I know that they are the ones that I spend a lot, the most, most of my time with. And so I have to withdraw for them. So I don't want to rob them of the time that, that I have with them. So you know what I do? I rob my sleep. And so that I can, I can listen to God. I can withdraw. I withdraw in the morning. That's why I, I get up before my family. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. We need to practice, we need to get back to the practice of withdrawing. Sometimes we have to, that means like we're going to leave the house and go on a walk, on a hike, go to, to a river, go and experience the, the nature that God has given us alone with Him. And just Watch what it does to peace your soul. I might go for a walk today. Like seriously, it it is peaceful to withdraw and get alone with God. Number two, the second word is wait. Wait. The word that you were hoping I wasn't going to say. Remember the slogan, um, the best thing comes to those who wait. The best things come to those who wait. Does anybody remember what the, what the company was? Anybody? You can shout it out. 
that was time to be seven. That was time to be seven. Like, and, 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 and then I remembered, oh yeah, there's people who keep checking on the bottles to make sure they didn't drink them before somehow we go out there. I didn't want to be the guy that phone saying, shake them, take them bottles. And then I'll come out and win a lot of like that martini that she asked me to take. So just being a happy wife, happy life. I said it. It's not that the important people are always busy. We don't have to be busy because hurry and busy is the enemy of prayer. Sometimes we just need to slow down and listen and allow God to, to like spend time just being with God. God convicted me this week. I started reading a book and God convicted me this week about the difference of with God and doing for God. If I had to choose one or the other that everyone in my church would, would do, if it's, if it's about being with Jesus or doing for Jesus, I would want 100% of us to just be with Him every day of our lives. Because that's what healthy people do. They're with each other. That's what healthy relationships do. And when you're with Jesus and when you're being with Jesus, then you will want to do for Jesus when it matters. It's not about being busy. Psalm 46.10 says, He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we just need to be still. Psalm 62.5, Let all that wait quietly before God for my hope is in Him. Some of you just need to slow down and wait. So, brings me to the third word, and I have a little bit of a riddle to, to introduce it, and that is when or where do you see words and not hear words? And I asked Taya this, and she's like, you made that up, didn't you? It's not that hard to book. I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> and I said it anyway. It's a book. You see words in a book. And so Habakkuk says, I'm going to go to my watchtower and I'm going to wait patiently. And I'm going to wait to see what you tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, if we want to see what God has to say for us, it's time that we get back in the book. It's time we start reading his word and we open it and we read it and we say, God, just give me a verse to, to live out the day. Give me a word that I can that I can hold on to. We have to spend time in this. The creator of the universe wrote this. The most powerful person on the planet wrote this book, and it's at my fingertips. He used different men to write 66 books that are all in this one. 
that I can breathe and I can live. And when I live it, it becomes alive. It is the most powerful book that we have in our existence. And ladies and gentlemen, it is at our fingertips. It's time that we get back to the infallible, inerrant, all-powerful Word of God. It's true. Everything in it is true. Even the offensive parts, the parts that offend me, are there for a reason. And it offends me every day. But I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it because I believe that it is my authority and it is God it is it is God's representation of speaking into my life. There is nothing that he tells me in my dreams that go against this book. It's powerful. We've got to get back to God's word. This year I I started um, reading a, a Bible plan. This, I, I just, I'm going to let you guys in a little bit on, on my quiet time. Um, because it's not perfect. But, but I, I, I think that I do some things. I, I, I've never been di- diagnosed with ADD. Um, but I've never been um, a good reader. And I've never been able to focus really well in the, in the classroom and, and things like that. I was a straight C student. Like, like it's just like I've, I've just always struggled. And so, if and, and maybe some of you, and hopefully, some like, like you're brilliant and straight, A's, you're all you all made straight A's, and, and it, it's never a struggle for you, and this is irrelevant. I hope that's the case. But every morning, so I started reading at the beginning of the year, I started reading a one year Bible plan, which I used to always, um, it's, it's, it's one year, like. And, and when you read it, it's, it's designed so that you can read through the Bible, through the entire Bible in one year. And I used to get distracted and um, because it requires, you know, you read uh, four to five, sometimes six chapters every day so that you can get through the Bible. And there's books of the Bible that are boring, ladies and gentlemen. There's 66 of them. It's allowed to have a few boring books. Like, it's okay. Um, and so when I got to books like Leviticus and Numbers, I'm like, oh, this is boring. Like, how am I going to get through this? And so I text my buddy that I'm doing this plan with. So I've got four friends that live all over the country that I actually, that, that we set up this plan together. And so um, we are, in, and it's all in the Version Bible app. Ladies and gentlemen, that app will transform your life. It needs to be on your phone. Download it if you don't have it. Do it right now. And Craig Rochelle Life Church is not paying me to, to, as a sponsor to promote it because it needs to be on your phone. Like, and they designed it, and it's incredible, and I envy them for being having the ability to do it. And someday we'll do our own, but not, that's not today. So get the YouVersion Bible app for now and, and get into it. Find a plan and, and read it. And so every morning I get up, and I put he- – I put earphones in my in my ears. I put headphones on my on my on my head, and I um, and I open up my Bible. I, I get this very Bible, and I sit down and I and I open it up to whatever uh, chapter it's having me read that day, or chapters that it's having me read that day. And I put the earphones in my my ear, and 
on the YouVersion Bible app, all the translations have audio. So I sit there with headphones, and I hit play, and I, and I read it along with the audio book, and I underline it, and I circle it, and, and I come back to it. If there's a verse that stands out, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so all of a sudden, I'm not ashamed that I, have to hit, that I, I choose to hit play on, and allow it to read for me, and I follow along with it because I know that it's increasing my faith. And so, but it's, it's a matter of, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if it's, if it's one verse or, or 50 verses or 500 verses, just read this book. Like, just get into it. It's about being with God and not doing for God. Number four, the fourth word is provide. Provide. He said, write this down. He told Habakkuk, write down what I'll tell you. This is, this is a practice that I don't, I don't do like I used to. I, I journal some, but I don't journal all the time. Write down a journal. Write down a prayer. Write down something. Last week, we, had, we encouraged you to write down a, a list of dreams that you have that, that, that are inspired by God that you want to chase. You can go back and listen to any of the messages that we've had at the refuge. And I encourage you to do that. Go back and listen to last week's message if you weren't here. Write it down. said to Habakkuk, he said, so that it can be read at a glance. Go back and read it. So by uh, way of review, quickly, we first withdraw, we second wait, we third read God's word, we fourth write, and we fifth review. Seeing and hearing in the last days are so important. So that's really practical. Those are five things tomorrow, if we really, or even later today, if we just desperately want to hear from God. Now I want to hopefully inspire you to dream. Turn me in the book of 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to tell you the story of 3 Kings 14. But first I have another riddle. This one I didn't, I didn't ask Tanya's help for because she told me my first one was stupid. So she taught me uh, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not good at something, you don't have to do it. But I'm going to do it anyway. So the second riddle is this. What, what part of your body do you see with other than your eyes? What part of your body do you see with other than your eyes? And the answer is your heart. Your heart. We can see things with our heart. Something. We see them with our eyes, but, but, but you can also see things with your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to, if you're going to, chase the dream that God has for you, you have to start seeing it with your heart and not your eyes. It's the same reason that the two people can see the same stinking, not stinking, I wasn't going to say the other word, stinking Sarah McLaughlin commercial about puppies, and one can go and donate their entire bank account, and the other one can make fun of it in a sermon. Like, like, see with my heart that you don't see with your heart. 
And if I'm going to accomplish the dream that God has given me, I have to stop seeing with my eyes and start seeing with my heart. And the, the reason for it is because every dream doesn't make sense on paper. It doesn't make sense on paper. If it makes sense on paper, it's too small. And it's not worthy of chasing. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So if you're going to find encouragement to chase your dreams, you have to start seeing them with your heart, not just your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a part of God's plan, and it is time that we start seeing that with our heart, not with our eyes. So in the book of, of, of 2 Kings, chapter 3, there's a story of four kings. Three of them are teaming up against this other king. You can go back and read it. We're going to read some of it. But what happens is the king of Israel dies. And the king of Moab used to pay this, this tax to Israel. But when the king, when king Ahab dies... The king of Moab says, this is my opportunity to stop paying them. I'm not going to pay them anymore. And so his son that succeeded Ahab says, you know what? He owes me money. I am going after him, and we are going to get it. And so he calls his buddies, the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And he says, this is what Moab is doing, and, and we need to get him back. And so this is what happens. We're going to start reading in verse 9 of chapter 3. So the king of Israel set out to the king of Judah and the king of Edom after a roundabout march of seven days. So this is what happens. He calls his buddies, and they go, and they start marching for seven days. Now, does anybody that was raised in Sunday school know who else marched for seven days? Somebody over here does. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Are we going to start singing it? No, we're not. So there's a song about it. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and he marched around the wall seven times. And on the seventh day, he marched seven times, and the walls came tumbling down. Ladies and gentlemen, what these kings started doing is they started looking at an old system and started doing it because it used to work. But in Scripture, all throughout Scripture, God, God usually only uses one thing once. How many times do you follow a guy with a pimp? How many times did um, did he did he use the marching of, of around the wall seven times? It was once. How many times did he did he speak through a burning bush? He did it once. Sometimes he did things twice. He 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 fed more than five thousand people. Well, he fed fed four thousand people and then five thousand people with loaves and fish. But more often than not, he only uses old systems once. God's, wor God's word and God's truth is always the same, but his methods change. His methods change. That's why as a, as a new church plant, we can come in and we can start doing things with, with other methods. But people in other churches only dream of it. Keep reading. 
had no more water for themselves or their animals with them. Remember that, because that's important. The title of today's message is No Water. We're going to come back to that. Verse 10 says, But, exclaimed the king of Israel, What do you mean? We're out of water? Like, we were going we to do something amazing. We were going to overthrow this, this Moabite king. We were going to conquer him. What, what do you mean we're out of water? We can't be out of water. of the Lord here through whom we may acquire. Where's the seer? Where's the seer? Where's where's the guy that can see what God is doing? Because right now this doesn't make sense. We don't get this. Where's the person that can see what God is doing? Because I need him right now. You need him right now. Verse 12 tells us that that he is speaking to at this time, the king of Israel, Joram, the Bible says, um, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Because he carried on the traditions that his dad had. And he worshipped the, the idols that his dad had. And so, Elisha is saying, why are you coming to me? Why don't you just go to your prophets? You think, like, you thought that they were better than me all the time. Like, every, every time else, why don't you just go to them? said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. So this is what he's saying. Elisha said, you are wicked, and I don't like you, but because he is with you, I will do what you're asking me to do. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever heard the, the, the saying, It's not that way when it comes to God. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All you need is one godly friend that encourages you to look to what he has to say in your life. And to, to, to make him the priority, to make God be a priority. That all you need is just one friend to encourage you to go to the, the seer to see what God is doing. And he says to him, because I like Jehoshaphat. attention to anything that you have to say. In verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 15, Elisha says this, Alright, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. Bring me the harpist. Bring me the harpist. So, if you were here two weeks ago, I, and if you weren't, there, there, we had one of the one of the most powerful messages that we that, that that I've ever been a part of um, with, with someone else that 
that goes for our church planning with Brian Harris. We talk about music and worship and God and neuroscience and how it all comes together and how when we play music, when we engage in music, our entire brain is engaged. Science is fun. So, the entire brain is engaged when music is being played. And Elisha says, bring me the heart. It changes the way we feel. But it's more than what we feel, it's what we think. The brain is fully engaged. Now see, like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, it's just, it just kind of falls flat. Like, like, music changes the brain. Bring me the harp. Three quick things. Don't worry, she'll be up here for the rest of the time. Three quick. Three things that will inspire you to chase your dreams. That we see in this 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 story. The first thing is that dreams are birthed in God's presence. Dreams are birthed. In God's presence. If you want to hear from God, play a little worship music. Get your brain fully engaged. Get into the presence of God and allow Him to speak into your life. Second Kings chapter 3, verse 16. And the Good News translation says this. And he said, This is what the Lord said. Dig ditches all over the, this dried string bread bed. He says, all right, we got the, we got the presence of the Lord now. We're, we're, we're engaged. Now I want you to go to work. <laughs> if, if you, when we hear from God, he will always, always require an action on, on our behalf. God always requires a step. He always requires us that's why if we have to, if we want to know God, we have to get on Sunday morning to have a worship experience with Him, to know Him. That's why if we, that's why we give the opportunity to, to get in small groups so that we can live free. That's why we give the opportunity of going to my lessons so that you can discover your purpose. If you want to discover your purpose, you've got to take a step. told him to go dig ditches. But he said this. He said, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain. You won't see it. You won't see a cloud. Yet this valley will be filled with water and your cattle and other animals will drink. deliver Moab into your hands. He says, if 
you want to see the water, you're going to have to get a shovel. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to see God work in your lives, you're going to have to do something. Hopefully, some of you today will take a step to knowing God by receiving Him into your life. That's why we do this. We want to help people take the step. Because dreams always go from inspiration to participation. That's number two. Dreams always go from inspiration to participation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just sit right here, this is all it is. You just walk right out of the day and you don't do anything about what we talked about today. wasted your time. You got to do something. What's, what's God telling you to do this morning? Number three, the last one is this. Dreams must continue regardless of what it seems like. Dreams must continue regardless Our big idea for today was this. When chasing our dreams, sometimes a setback looks like what looks to be a setback. God intends to be a step up. A step up. Verse 21 through 24. Now the Moabites, this is the conclusion of the story. This is what happened. Now the Moabites had heard that the kings had come to fight against them. So every man, young and old, who could bear arms, was called up to station on the borders. And when they got up early in the morning, the sun was shining on the water. Ladies and gentlemen, the sun was shining on the water. But they didn't have any water. So when they dug their ditches, the water froze up, and God shined the sun on the water, and this is what happened. The water looked red like blood. And the Moabites said, that's blood. Those kings must have fought and slaughtered each other. They turned on each other. Moabites said, the Moabites said, they turned on each other. They fought each other. They're all dead. Verse 24, but when the Moabites came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and fought them until they fled. And the Israelites invaded the land and slaughtered the Moabites. Ladies and gentlemen, they thought they were out of water, and they thought that they were doomed. They thought that they weren't going to get any further. They thought that they were going to be destroyed. But God said this. He said he used the lack of water to inspire them to go to a seer. My question for you today is this. What was it that God used you to get through those doors? What was it? God had you look like was a setback that God used for a set up to get you this morning. Because when the sun shined on the water, it looked like blood, and the Moabites thought that the kings had turned on each other, they go in and they get killed themselves. Because what looked like a setback, God used for a setup. 
introduce you to the one person that can do something about what brought you to this room. Jesus. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. That by his blood we are forgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter what he's done. You can still dream. It doesn't matter what has gone on in your life to bring you to this moment. God has a, an ability to redeem what seems lost. In the quiet of this moment, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. We're almost done. I'm going to be quick. How many of you in the boldness of this moment would say, Pastor Adam, by the slipping of your hand up, or putting your hand up, Pastor Adam, I need Jesus to do something in my life. Most of all, I need him to forgive me of my sins, and I need to make him my savior because he can't equip you to chase your dreams until you've given him your heart. He can't do it. How many of you would say the step that I need to take this morning is I need to give Jesus my heart? Is there anybody like that? Raise your hand. I want to invite you to say this prayer. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you wish you did. I want to invite you to say this prayer. Say, God, come into my life. I give you my heart. Help me to live for you. I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and that he rose from the dead so that I could live for him. Come into my life. Help me to live for you. take a look at what we're doing. How many of you would say, Pastor Adam, I need to hear from God. Anybody else? I need to hear from God. I want you to take those five words, you, the, everyone that raised their hand, hands all over the place. Take those five words that I gave you today and go home and do it. And I'm going to pray that God would say exactly what he needs to say. Not what you want to hear, but what he needs to say to you. And that you would have eyes to see and ears, ears to listen. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the dream that you're going to fulfill as a result of this series. Lord, I believe that you have many mighty things in store for the Refuge Church. I believe that you have many mighty things for everything that, every person that's in this room. God, I believe that you have the ability to bring dreams to life. We will not settle for our dreams to remain dreams. We will chase them. We will have courage. We will, we will, cheer, we will choose 
courage over fear. We will do everything that we can, Father, to go after the dreams that even don't make sense on paper. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Give God a hand today for, for what he's done.